This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Welcome to Blurred Comics, the podcast about blackness and blurred shit from a couple of mixed black blurreds. It is I, Blurred Vision, the regular, and that is Charmaine, the award-winning <laughs> half of the, our, our podcast. Um, and you got to be listening to all her shit to understand where she gets the award so Militantly Mix was nominated in three categories for the Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Awards. Nice. Uh, the categories that I was nominated in was Best Cover Art, uh, Best Interview, and Best Racial Category, uh, Racial Conversations. Um, and I received the award for Best Cover Art, which is like the most personal of all the things like it would have been dope to get all the categories but it was the most personal of the categories because the logo is a graphic representation of my mixed race heritage it's got a black power fist it's got a peace sign it's got the japanese rising sun disc and it's a military badge because my family i'm mixed because i have military grandfathers and so it's like legitimately me in that logo and that's what won so it was dope that is yeah that's pretty cool but i am just just regular i i'm in of all the things you do and you (laughs) are award-winning it's pretty dope i can't wait to get this uh actual award thing because they should pictures of it and it's like a nine inch crystal award with a golden crane carved into it and shit like <laughs> it's gonna be fancy. That's fucking tight. <laughs> I need a fireplace with a hey, mantle just look, so that I can have it. Hey, this will be the first of many, right? I so hope we'll so. Just keep going. Let's keep I'm going. I'm just gonna Let's keep going. Um, and you know, hopefully, if we all get vaccinated and we can go back outside, we can go to BlurredCon next summer and yeah, um, other blurdy things, Wakanda Con, and you know, maybe there'll be some blurdy ass awards that we can uh, we can submit. That's too yes, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I I like I you wanna be like it's just an award. It's just an arbitrary thing. You know, you want to be like that, but we were talking before we got started and the the fact that I was acknowledged by an Asian organization when I have, in terms of my mixedness, so much insecurity about my Asian identity, you know, like not being yeah, yeah. being too mixed to be Asian, you know. But um, it's like the it's it, it's it's being recognized like yeah. you know like you know that recognize that you know like we talked about last week when you asked me those questions like when 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 black people ask me what are you they they ask me in the sense that they know right they recognize a, a, a person that is connected to them so to to yeah you know what i mean yeah so it's a recognition and they reached out i mean they they had been posting on the organization page like apply all everybody in this organization apply to the awards and i i didn't at first i was like yeah you know whatever they're not gonna want me (laughs) because of my mixed thing and then i i applied but then like an hour or two after i applied one of the heads of the organization reached out to me specifically and was like i hope you're going to apply this this time and i was like I mean, I was super crazy. Like that felt weird because I had applied expecting nothing and telling other people like, just apply. What's the worst I can do is you don't get anything, right? You know, then you're no worse off than you are. But to get the, like one of the heads of the organization 
to single me out and say right. like you need to apply felt really good you know um when yes. i got that little thing in the email that said you were accepted as a nominee i i, I mean that was enough like that was mm-hmm. that getting this little mixed girl main getting an asian acknowledgement was like huge That's um and then the the award ceremony was a virtual ceremony it was fun what was fun about it is you can see the comments so like we could literally be congratulating the winners and stuff like that or connecting with people that we wanted to talk to for our shows, which was happening. But when I was doing my acceptance, I had said that, you know, what I just said, you know, that being mixed Asian, I don't often feel Asian enough. And um, I had all these people just flood the screen (laughs) with um, like, what are you talking about? You're Asian. You're, you're one of Mm -hmm. us. We're family, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just never got that kind of welcome in, in mass by like an Asian space the way that I do around my blackness. So mm-hmm. it was like, it was like super crazy, uh, validating, <laughs> Yes, ma'am. you know, so it's good. I was, I was glad for it. It was fun. It's good times. Good times. When, when the award actually arrives, um, in a couple of weeks, I guess they have to like engrave it and shit. Then I will post pictures on the, on the blurred comics page. So everybody can see it. Yes, ma'am. Um, and, um, so today we are going to get to our, you know, like our, our, our movie, uh, review type. Oh yeah. What did we used to call this? We haven't done this in a while. We used to call this something. Um, oh, um, Oh, yep. E blurred and little sis, little sis and E blurred at the movies. <laughs> exactly, little sis <laughs> and E blurred at the movies. Uh, well, since we welcome. haven't been able to go to the movies yes. in so long, we haven't yes. actually done a review show. But since um since HBO Max dropped Wonder Woman and Disney Plus dropped Soul, we thought we'd try to hit both of them on this the last episode of blurred comics of 2020 of this tumultuous unprecedented i hate i'm tired of that word unprecedented (laughs) i mean almost anything could be unprecedented as long as it hasn't happened before yeah as long as it's not a fucking habit it's always going to be, you know what I mean? It's not because right. it's not always happening. It's unprecedented. Yeah. But yes. Um, and which one you want to start with? Um, so I have... Good, the good one or the bad one? <laughs> I was going to say like, that's exactly what I was going to say. But then like, I do have mixed feelings about the good one or the gooder of the two. Gooder. Um, gooder of the two. Yeah. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that. So I, but I do think it is the better one. So do you want to end on the high note or start on the high note? Yeah, let's, let's end on the high note. Let's, let's, okay. let's leave them, leave them smiling on the end. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Force so them to listen all the way to the end. You start. Okay. So which, which movie was the is, lesser of the two? I mean, I think that's going to be obvious. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Woman. And and just know that that ending, that had me on, on shit. That, I mean, I, I, I think that was the, my favorite part of the whole movie. You know, the, 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 the mid, after credit. The mid-credit scene. Yeah, like I think that that was my favorite. Like, oh, okay. Oh, shit. When that's, she turned around, I was like, because I always I, thought... 
I always thought my mom looked like uh, Linda Carter back in the Oh, 70s. I could see that. I could see that. Um, I got excited too. Actually, I I actually went, yes, like that, you know, which is kind of weird to be doing on your couch when you're just watching the movie at home alone. <laughs> right. Um, but um, gosh, I, I yeah. was on Impromptu. I was on uh, Brandon, uh, Why So Serious with uh, Rashani from Single Santa Cast reviewing it. They basically, I had just woke up and I got a text message like, you want to jump on this Wonder Woman? review and i was like i got some shit to say so i've already reviewed it in extensively on that show but since we're doing two movies and once we can just kind of hit the hit the um things how about right why don't we start with give me something positive about the movie for you and then something negative all right so i think the positive i think the acting was really good like Fair. You know, I think Kristen Wiig showed her shit. You feel me? Like, yeah. yes, she's always, you know, always has kind of like when she's serious, but she kind of has Oh, I that, can like, see you doing it, yeah. You know the little <laughs> curl that she does? Like, she's... So you always think that it's going to be something that's, okay, is it serious? But also... Yeah. But she was actually really she's well. got some acting chops she's in this yeah. other movie called skeleton twins uh with uh bill Hader, where they're mm-hmm. act- they're like twins that um are going through some drama or whatever and that movie is like tree and i both love that movie um they're great and it's meant to be a drama but there's comedy because of who they are um and i say it all the time like i think the comedian's comedians don't get enough respect for the craft of comedy like it's not easy to pull off and because of that i think it makes them very good dramatic actors also because you know you look at robin williams in goodwill hunting i mean he has he's not known for that kind of acting but he is incredible in that movie he's the best thing in that movie as far as i'm concerned even adam sandler who i don't really think particularly is all that funny most of the time he was really good in punch drug love you know and that's a very and then that um uh the movie that just came out with the jewels what's that shit the um oh i haven't watched that so i have no idea yeah the the, yeah with the basketball players and all that type of shit um the jewelry guy yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> um, i don't know what the, uh, the jewelry guy yes be, way to be a stereotype uh adam um but you know like i think comedians actually do have really good chops where drama is concerned and uh, but this movie felt like two different movies like the first half of this movie felt like a, an 80s romantic comedy which i think is something right. that shawnee had mentioned or brandon had mentioned on the review that we did on why so serious um and then the second half of the movie felt like it was trying to be a dc right it twist it it really and it not twisted but it really yeah, you can tell, you can fit, you felt a change of, of t- like you just felt a change. And the fact that this movie was two hours and 40 minutes makes me feel like the first movie could have been a part one and the second movie could have been a part two. Like there was nothing in that movie that said it deserved to be two hours and 40 minutes long. It, um, it was, it was, uh, there were times where I was just like, okay, so when is the, when is the bad person? gonna be like gonna show up show up right, <laughs> right. And, then, and then that shit really happened at like very simultaneous yeah right where it was like she she was like i'm ready to go and he was like i'm ready to go and then she yeah. was like oh shit it was such got, a you know. 
crazy thing. So to try to put the thing in context and uh, in context, we're in the 80s. So we have to remember that all of the things that are problematic about this movie were things that were quote unquote okay in the 80s, right? They got the really bad stereotypical Middle Eastern actors, you know, terrorist level actors. They've got um you know, the, the girl that gets picked on by hotter people. Um, and just like over, like, this is why it felt like an, an eighties movie, like a 1980s romantic comedy is because Kristen Wiig in the beginning drops papers and like four people walk past her laughing at her and telling her they're not going to help her. And, you know, Teresa's there and he's like, this doesn't happen. Like, but it happened all the time in 80s movies, right? Like it was always, right? And so it's one of those things, it's like, you know, most people, even dicks, won't let a person drop a whole bunch of shit and just not help, right? Like, the guy just looked at her like, (laughs) right? Yeah, like, and and made fun (laughs) of her for it. It's like, that just isn't a very typical thing. It, like, even in middle school, it's not that frequent. Like, right, <laughs> you right. know, so it feels like it already feels like extra dumb. And uh, and Brandon had said something on the Why So Serious one, which was just like, you're going to tell me that Kristen Wiig needs to take her glasses off and wear tighter clothes for someone to notice that she's generally attractive. You know, like, right. she's not an ugly woman. She's not. Yeah, And, and that's why I was like, I, I, I could see. You could see, like, when she put off the shoulder and all of that type yeah. of shit, and she has she has a nice little figure and everything. So it's like, I, I and then her hair kind of straightened out a little. It was like, so like, like that's what has to happen is that you have to flat iron your hair and take your glasses off for someone to notice that you're hot. Uh, it was it was is, such a it was such a one of those '80s movies that's kind of like um, what was that movie like? She's she's all she's that. All type that of movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're, like, do I really need to? And, and because of the other thing, too, which always bothers me about this, like, take off your glasses and reveal hotness thing is that most people who wear glasses, especially like every single day, their faces, the glasses become a part right. of their face thing. When I take right. my glasses off, you know, I'm not extra hot, but I'm not <laughs> unattractive either. Like, you know, I'm right, just, right, right. Whatever. But I don't look like myself because you don't see me like this. You see me like this with my glasses on. So this is my face. It just includes glasses. Um, I don't go, I don't tip higher or lower if you, if I take my glasses off, but there are some people who like have really dark, you know, under eye round eye rings and stuff like that, that become like even more accentuated when they take their glasses off. So it's just dip in the nose. and Yeah. It's like, you know, things like that. Like it's just dumb that this is a thing. And also it's such a, it's one of the things that has been so dumb about Superman all these years. It's just like, he's a gigantic muscle bound dude. And you're going to tell me that glasses are the only reason why people can't tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's always been an issue with, with my my issue with Superman is like, okay, oh shit, what yeah, the- <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it's such a dumb trope, um, and uh, like I think we're better than that, <laughs> right, right. Um, plus it's just like 
it's just so rude to glasses wearers in general. It's just <laughs> like, you know, there's people who legit wear fake glasses just because they think it the style wise it's cute. So like to think that like you're the 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 time of being ugly because you wear glasses is no longer exists because glasses are dope now. There's there's style to them now. There's design. You know, you they can be fashionable. So you can't pull off the you're not attractive unless you have glasses. Unless you take off your glasses thing. So that's dumb. The other thing that I think was the biggest problem. I've never seen a movie. I can't think of any other movie that has very fairly decent acting across the board. Almost Mm. every single person did a good job in their role. But the movie is trash. Like, you know, Wonder Woman. Mando did his shit too. Pedro Pascal. Uh, so Rashani, Rashani on a uh, single simulcast, he had said, the, and which I thought was hilarious. Like, you know, you talk about someone chewing up the scenery. Remember I mentioned that before mm-hmm, you, you mm-hmm. enjoyed that concept. Um, Rashani described it as he took all the scenery, rolled it up in a burrito, put sauce on it and just started eating. Like he was, he just <laughs> he, he he seasoned the motherfucker before he <laughs> right. chewed it up um, with his Donald Trump impression and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's, it's pretty well acted across the board, but they take, I think they do Barbara Minerva such a disservice in making her like this bumbling smart person, like the dumb smart person mm-hmm. who is so upset about not being attractive that she's willing to go evil. Like they, the one thing that they didn't do with her role in particular was they didn't give us any reason to believe she would flip that quickly. Right. Um, Tree described it as like the the dream stone or whatever the wishing stone charged a price for any wish, right? It, right, it took right. a price and it chose mm-hmm. what that price was. And in her case, he he, I think he was like being very generous by saying in her case, the um, price was her humanity. You know, her niceness was right was taken because away. even though that's what the black dude when he was like, you ain't like this, like when she yeah. kicked the shit out of that dude. Yeah. Why would you? You know, I mean, I think that that kind of alludes to that. Yeah. But I think I think that's a bit of a stretch. Like you need there are a lot of movies that has a good guy goes bad because of just all all the time being mistreated. Like there is a breaking point for people of how long you can take being beat down. And in her case, we don't see that, you know, like we don't, the worst that happens to her is she doesn't get fucked or she, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. no one wants to fuck her. Like that's the worst thing that happens. You know what I'm saying? But then as soon as she takes her glasses off and wears a tight, outfit all of a sudden Asian dude is like hanging out at her Asian door. Dude like, What's crazy? You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. I just um this post Barbara is one of Diana's major villains. So what right. would have made more sense instead of doing the double villain movie situation is all the way through this movie, Barbara should have been her little buddy. And you can even show her wishing she was like Diana. And then you hint at her being the next bad so that Wonder Woman 3, she's the big bad. And And something that just like makes her be like, I'm uh, right. And it's not like she doesn't like uh, Diana. She hates Wonder Woman for doing something. Something like that, right? Right. Or or, where this thing where like... (laughs) 
Barbara is the reason why they found the information they needed to find to save the day. But Wonder Woman gets all the attention. And so that is something that usually can, can turn people right. Like I did all the work and they get the praise. Like you needed something that gave Barbara more of a reason because you gave us four minutes of Cheetah when that's her major villain. But you give us half a movie of Mando. Of lower down. And he didn't even, he wasn't even. He was more of a villain for like the world. Yeah. Not like for her. Not for her, right? Right. Um, and so it just seems so, uh, like you didn't feel enough of like the hero villain tension. You just felt like there was a guy doing some bad shit and Wonder Woman was like, well, no one else is fixing it. So I got to fix it. That's right, what it right. felt like. It didn't feel like, whereas like with Marvel, with the villain, you know, I'm not saying Marvel's perfect. They they have had some misses or, or whatever. But when they built up Thanos, look at what happened with Thanos. You get hints of Thanos through multiple movies. You don't get to actually see Thanos's journey at all. You right. just get hints of him. But by the time he's the big bad in Infinity War, you are ready for him to be the big bad. You don't need his origin story. You don't need to have seen why he's bad. You just know he's no. bad. They right. do enough work throughout these little you know, things um, to set him up so that by the time he's the big bad, you're just like, yeah, we're the, he's the big bad. Um, if Cheetah is her big bad, where do you go from here? She was Cheetah for four minutes. And right. then she revert back to her own body. So like. Because everybody wishes go back. Yeah. So right. now she's never going to be cheated any, ever. Right. Like that. It just seems so. Th- and the other thing that really bothered me too, was that no villain got punished. No, no. Everything just went reverted back to normal. It just reverted back. And then you know, Mando cool. gets to go hug his inexplicably Filipino child. And, that was um, a thing I, I, I didn't get. I was just like. Can you at least put a picture of his Filipino wife? In I the, just in, need you know to I mean? see, like, could the ex show up and be like, you're ruining it again, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I'm going out, you know, I'm going out with my boyfriend or whatever. Take the kid. Anything. That, that's all anything. you need. But yeah, I mean, you know, you and I are mixed. Anytime we <laughs> see like, a hint of mixed stuff in movies, like G.I. Joe, you got these little black girls and then you got Dwayne and you're just like, I know he's mixed, but those girls are too black. So they need to have a black mama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like exactly. you get hints of it and you're fine. But in this case, you got this. And I don't even actually know what Pedro is. Like, I don't know what kind of ethnicity he has in the latinx world so i don't know what he is but he definitely wouldn't produce a filipino child without the help of a filipino right exactly so either his genes are not strong at all at all which is so stupid i am so this bothers me in movies so bad. Like I need you to cast me kids that look like their parents because look at me and you look a picture of my dad, even though we're different races. I could see it. I look like my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And same with you. I know you said last week that you don't think rice really resembles you that much, but there are moments, there are personality right. moments where she is a hundred percent your kid. <laughs> yes. And even though she looks a different race, mm-hmm. that's your kid. Right. I do think beans looks more like you. And I don't think it's just cause she's Brown. I think but, she, yeah. you guys look alike. Like in, 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 a, in a time that I, do you think, and this is another movie, but it's our boy. Burl was in, in that happiest season mm-hmm. movie 
mm-hmm. and they actually had mixed children. And he was married to Brie. Uh, I forget her last name. I always, I always want to say Brie Larson just because it's she's the Brie. But um, Allison, I, yeah, I didn't. Allison Brie. Um, but he, they actually have mixed children. Like they have, you know, curly hair, That's all good. that stuff. So you're like, they don't. I, I think that in a point where I'm just like, oh shit, mixed kids. I don't look at it like you. We are looking at this situation. Yeah. We're like, we're just like, okay, they got the curly hair, they got the mixedness. All right, good shit. You know what I because, mean? Because because you didn't need to do that much work because it looked correct, right? right. It's exactly. when it's when you've got you know a random as like super dark kid and the parents are both light skin or one parent's light skin and one parent's white. And you're like, how did you have it? It doesn't mean that this doesn't happen. It hundred percent right. happens. You know yeah, I mean? Yeah. That dude we went to high school with is a redhead, light skin, black dude. And yeah, his mama yeah. and daddy don't look like that. It happens. Right. But what? it, it doesn't happen so often that you, that, you get, that it doesn't it jar right. you when you see it, right? right so right. if you get this inexplicably full-blown Filipino kid with this Latinx dad, you got some questions. Yeah, yeah. Most people probably wouldn't be bothered by it. I felt you and I would both be bothered yeah. by it. <laughs> we, 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 I, I was, it, it was something that I, that I, uh, that I thought on. Um, I saw a couple of other people posting like on Twitter and stuff like that. That was like, whose kid was that? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the, and I know this is more like outside of the movie mm-hmm. um, politics. What did you think of the whole, her saving the Brown kids? The Palestinian I mean, the ones that were playing the, in the, the yeah, ones that were playing, playing in the street. Um, First of all, when you've got 175 tanks barreling towards you, you know you can hear those motherfuckers. Why are you playing in the street? (laughs) It it, it always is like that. Like, all of a sudden, (laughs) and the car and the tanks are all, like, slide, 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 sliding, side sliding to stop in front of you. And the parents are like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, my. Like, you know you heard that shit. I'm so so glad that that person just grabbed my kid out of the way. Like, what the fuck? The scene was so dumb because it just felt like, why are they still playing? They clearly can hear this. And you're in Aisha. Um, Why? Because she's, because she's um, Hebrew and and they're Arabs. I guess there was a a very similar situation where some kids got bombed while they were playing soccer in a, mm. and it, you know, in a, I think it was a beach or something like that. And um, she talked or she spoke out about it because I guess, you know, she is, is Israeli and it was against some Arabic children mm. or, you know, uh, Palestinian children or something like that. And, you know, they always, uh, obviously there's some, some tensions there, but yeah. Um, so I, they always feel like, I mean, they, they are thinking like, I don't, I, I didn't really, to me, like, I didn't want to, I didn't, like, I don't like to do that. I don't like I to. I mean, if she's but, Wonder Woman, yeah, she should saying. be there to save everybody, right? It shouldn't right. matter I'm not that putting she's... her personal Gal Gadot type shit yeah. in this movie and be like, oh, she just, oh, why would she save those brown kids? Because it, she wouldn't yeah. have done that in real life, but that's not her in real life. You know what I, mean? I mean, and like, yeah, she's, she's, the reason why I describe her as Hebrew and not Jewish necessarily is because she's like from Israel. Like, she she was there she was in their military all kind of shit so you kind of assume some nationalism there and since there are so many tensions with um palestinians because they stole their land that you know you would think that there would be more 
drama there. But if she does speak out in against um, Israeli atrocities, then I think that is a, a a good thing. You know, I hope I hope she does that. I know there's. Well, no, a I lot think of, she supported it. She supported. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, well, so it then, was like that. Yeah, it was bad. See, if and I had so known that in advance, that, I definitely wouldn't have even watched the movie. Um, right. I think. So. I guess. I guess it was. It was something like that. And then they. So they're like, dude, this is kind of ham-fisted, stuck in there to kind oh, of be like, like they look, forced showing yeah. her safe. So you know, and, I mean, I think the other excuse, although it's a it's a stretch, would be to say that those are Egyptian children, and so she may not exactly. have had as much issue. Although they are still Arab, you know, and right. and there's still tensions between Arabs and Jewish people. Um, but if they if they jammed that in the movie just because she said some outlandish shit against Palestine, then ugh. Right. Yeah, ugh, I mean, I it, but I don't. It. Yeah, and I don't. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Patty Jenkins is the one that would have been like, or would she go to Patty and be like, hey, let's put this in here? Because then it'll just be like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how that yeah, I doubt. works. I doubt I, that that had any. I mean, and a lot of times people do see things with correlations to real life shit that, you know, yeah. may beg to look at it like, okay, why this, it sucks because of the way you need to address that in a sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you want you want the people who play your heroes to act. You kind of expect them to be heroic too in their real right. life, even though that's a big old stretch. Um, and you want them to be like Chris Evans, right? Like Chris Evans, <laughs> fucking come on! Like that dude is at the fucking um, children's hospital. You know, he's doing the work. Right. Just because he can back on some some girls on the street on video on occasion don't mean he's not a good dude because he's out there also right. he's out there the doing his shit and also he's, sending dick pics but I mean he also is doing good shit uh, he's <laughs> just big hearts big, big hearts heart. towards um, Chris <laughs> Evans for the dick pic I really appreciate that um, I really oh my gosh the fact that he leveraged that dick because I don't even think we ever talked about it but yeah. the dick pic the fact that he le- leveraged that accidental dick pic as a since I got your attention why don't you go vote dude if yes. I had anything against him before which i ne- I never did i've always generally mm-hmm. liked him yeah, yeah. i fucking fell in love with that dude <laughs> for that alone like oops like you know this is the thing this is why shame but bothers also, me so yeah. much is because like he could have been ashamed and been like bro sorry i mean you know i'm a dude sometimes i like to fuck and i put a dick pic but instead he didn't even do di- like we're not addressing mm-hmm. the fact that i had a dick pic I'm a dude. It's a dick pic. Yeah. Get over it. Go vote. And now like, that we're talking, here's it, my, yeah, I'm going to use my platform. <laughs> I fucking love that dude. I yeah. actually really, really do love that dude. So like a guy like that, but then you get yeah. like, you know, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, who says some nonsense about anti-vaxxing. And then you're just like, bro, shut up. You know, we need Black Panther 2 to work. Yeah, just be, yeah, keep it. So this stuff happens, right? Like yeah, you you yeah. want them to be their regular selves, but every now and then when they reveal who they really are, it does take away from who they are in these movies. Um, you know, I mean, I'm on record on this show and on many other shows. I'm not a I'm not a Wonder Woman fan as a character. And part of that is because of like you're saying, sometimes things outside of something affects and what affects me with Wonder Woman is her creation is based off of a poly dude who mm-hmm. created the polygraph test. So he has a truth element, but he was married to a woman. He was 
in a triad with another woman and said, you know, these two women are great. If only they were one woman, they'd be wonderful. And then he fucking created Wonder Woman based off of the personality of these two women. There's a movie about that, right? Yeah. Um, which I haven't seen, but like uh, knowing that origin makes it really difficult for me to think of her as like this feminist icon because she's legitimately created as a dude's fantasy of putting two women together because one woman wasn't enough. And even as a poly person, like I agree that one partner is not enough, but <laughs> I what I don't agree with is if I could only make you the combination of two people that I enjoy, you would be perfect. That's bullshit. <laughs> and right. I hate that. And I hate that that's what Wonder Woman is. Right. right. Cause that's and not, that's, you, that's not what it's about. It's not, that's like, not what it's about. She, she, she doesn't do that. I think I should go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's just so disappointing as, as an origin of why she's created. But then if you actually look at her as a character, which I haven't, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm so anti the character that I haven't read it in a while. So I'll, I'll put that on front street. I I'm going to start rereading just so that I can learn and whatever. Um, especially once I see how like motivated some people that I like, like her, you know, there's people that I really respect in comics that are really into Wonder Woman. So it makes me feel like I need to reread and see what they're seeing because I'm not seeing it. Um, I hate the lasso of truth. I think it's stupid as hell. I hate that they did shit with the lasso in this movie that they've never done with her before. I was about to ask you like the props and stuff and the way that they kind of put the things in there. I kind of, at first when she did the, when they were in the airplane, Mm -hmm. uh, when they were in the jet, I was kind of like, Oh shit! What? Why didn't she have her? You know what you call it, jet? And then I was just like, I never got that shit. Like she had a fucking invisible jet. So I was just because she like, could fly. But then when she said it, oh yeah, my dad made nobody be able to see the mascara. So therefore, I was like, you know, and she did some magical fucking yeah. sorcery so, shit. Touching on that. One of the biggest problems of this particular Wonder Woman movie is legitimately Wonder Woman was the least powerful person (laughs) in the movie. Like it took to get the invisible jet. First of all, they stole it. So there's that. Where's the truth in that Wonder Woman? (laughs) Um, But like to get the invisible jet, she had to call upon powers that her dad did that she couldn't do before. She could only do it with a coffee cup and then she couldn't find the coffee cup. But we're going to go from coffee cup to jet, jet while it's flying and while you're shit. explaining to a motherfucker what you're doing. OK, fine. Sure. Um, yeah, that's happening. Uh, so there's that. Then she has a stupid conversation with Steve about how she doesn't understand. She's bewildered by flight in some way, shape or form. And mm-hmm. he, as an expert of flight, explains it to her in a way. But she's still marveled by it and can't seem to grasp it fucking stupid um the the uh, we'll get to the whole steve thing too because that one yeah that part um uh (laughs) like but steve is constantly the the voice of reason or the moral core to the situation like steve is actually the hero of the movie because he's willing to sacrifice himself um when he has this opportunity to live even though it's in somebody else's body non-consensual um you know he's the one who's like no this isn't right we have to do the right thing and that means wishing me away uh and she's like no so she's not even like 
this isn't even like the origin of a hero where the hero has to fuck up a little bit and then becomes the hero. They established her as a hero already 60 years ago. Now she's got to debate it again, whether or not she wants to be a hero like that. That really bothers me. Um, And there's a few other moments like that where like she basically is deflated and needs a man to be the reason why she's able to do something. And Mm -hmm. they did that, you know, they did that with the first movie too, with the exception of the no man's land scene, which is why that's the only scene that I like in that movie. (laughs) It's just one of those things is like, if you want wonder woman to be a feminist icon, you can't need her to rely on dudes. You can't, you don't need her to be like, fuck all dudes. Right. You, you, You don't even need her to say, I don't need your help. She can still take the help, but what she can't do is be guided morally by the dude. It needs to come from her because she's herself. Wonder Woman, right? You know, right. so so disappointing in terms of the like the like these are the issues that I have with Wonder Woman. Like this is why I can't get into. Like I just cannot get into. Her. And between her and Captain Marvel, in terms of looks, who do you think I want to admire more? Right. Wonder Woman. She's a right. brunette. She's she's tan. I look more like Wonder Woman than Carol. Right. I want to really like Wonder Woman, but I can't because she she's deflated in the place in, in the space of men. Whereas like Captain Marvel is like, fuck you. I got this. Right. Right. That's uh, that is the one thing that I did like about Captain Marvel about that is that she was just like. And that's what a lot. And and what's funny is that a lot of people didn't like that. Right. Notice that when when Captain Marvel came out, they were like, "I don't like how she's just like, you know, I could fucking do it." It's so cocky how she's acting. No, she's a fucking very powerful, you know, being. Right. Does she have to pretend she can't do something Um, just because a dude is set? Yeah. And like, you know, you're a girl dad. Who do you want your girls to to be more excited about? Someone like Carol or someone like Diana? Like Carol. You know? So, like, this is the thing. I want to love it so bad, and I just can't fucking love it. But let's talk about this non-consensual body body snatching. (laughs) Yeah, I knew that was good. I mean, that... And, and again, I mean, it was a part. It, it was par for the course on an '80s movie, and I think that that's where they yeah, because they do do a body swatch stuff, yeah. Right, I think that that's where they thought it was going to go off. And you have to understand that an '80s movie body swap type of thing it was pretty popular. Was popular then, but that's very prob- problematic now. Yeah, you can't do that, and even if it's in a '80s movie, yeah. You know what I mean, and that and that and that kind of came off weird to me. Like I get that she sees. I mean, we see what she feels. Oh, that was such sees. a dumb little thing. As it was happening, Tree starts describing it. He's like, "Oh, don't tell me that that like as it like rolled around where you could see the dude that actually was yeah there when it was coming around the camera." And Tree was just like, "Oh," <laughs> and then when I realized, I was like, "Oh," <laughs> we were yes. both just sitting there, just like, "Yes," ah. I'm like, "Okay, so." So we okay. So whenever Chris Pine, whenever you see Chris, it's the guy. The other guy's physical body is there, but we're seeing what she has chosen to see, which is just Steve. Yeah. So, Um, also they fuck, which means that 
she non-consensually had sex with that dude, which he may not have a problem with, or he may, but we don't know because he didn't get a say. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, like, and, the, and they could have just said, you know what? I need to find a person that, well, I guess it's a wish. I mean. Okay. So that's, that's the weird thing, right? So the price of the wishing stone, she makes this wish without realizing it's actually going to cause a problem. Right. right, She, she innocently makes a wish that the love of her life, who was someone she knew for two weeks, 60 years ago, fucked one time, but whatever, (laughs) the love of her life comes back to life, right? This is her wish. It's a purely innocent wish when you, as a regular ass person, I mean, I know she's magical, but no, even I have done things like that, like wished for something that I don't actually think is going to happen. So it's an innocent wish, but the wish, because she was touching the thing exacts a price and her price is that her powers are draining or whatever. Right. But it took a life of an existing dude who was just walking around living his whole goddamn life. It just put Steve in that dude's body. That dude didn't do shit to deserve that. It just happens. Like, it's not like he was dying or had just died or right. died at the exact same time that Steve was right. popping into existence. Right. There was no reason done the why- weekend at Bernie's type shit. It could, right. This dude <laughs> did not have any- reason or at least they didn't give us any reason to be like it's totally fine if steve takes on his body forever so the whole time we can only hate that this is happening if we're good people right we can't think that that's okay um and then you know whatever he proves it's steve she sees steve they're in his apartment going through his shit making fun of his clothes and shit and then at the end the outfit she likes but he made fun of is the outfit that the dude is actually wearing on the street and by the way he just blipped back into his body after not being in his body for a couple weeks but he's not traumatized right but, Wouldn't then, you be a yeah, little bit then, traumatized if you just blipped out of your body for like two weeks? Right, because he had. Do you think he, like, all of a sudden Where he was, was he? just like, is it like when you're in like Santa Claus land where time doesn't change? It doesn't it's go. It's either right that here, you know? he has a blackout period in which he needs to be like, "Fuck, I just lost the last week of my life. I don't know what happened," which means he should be apartment? traumatized. <laughs> Who the fuck has been in my apartment? Or he should know that he was somewhere else while some other dude was occupying his body, in which case he should be traumatized. Right. So he's just acting all normal with his fucking double Z belt and pants and, and fucking scarf and shit. Man. He got them Z Cavaricis on. Oh my gosh. I just couldn't. I can't. I don't know. Some of the stuff is so stupid. Um, but what did yeah. you think about the, the, the fucking lasso? Um, they use the lasso in a way that's never been used before in that when the particles, <laughs> the particles were touching all those people, thereby making Mando able to touch them and grant their wishes. Right. She wraps that motherfucker around his leg and in doing so spoke to everybody else and, and made them hear the truth. Through her. Listen. Yeah. When she was like, bitch, I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else. You're going to tell me <laughs> that not a whole, not a single person. And I don't remember how many people there were in the eighties. I know that it was 6 billion when we were in college and now it's seven. So let's just say roughly it was like five and a half billion people on the planet at that time. Cause I don't know. 
You're going to tell me not one person in 5 billion was like, I ain't recanting my wish. Right. Like everybody's like, oh, she's right. Because if you're if you've got (laughs) villain tendencies and you're like, I wish for nuclear weapons and then everybody starts recanting their wishes and all the nuclear weapons are disappearing. And you didn't think there's one dude who wished for nuclear weapons who's like, well, if everybody wished away their nuclear weapons, I might as well keep these motherfuckers. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'm the only motherfucker that's going to be the villain. Then You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so many things. Or because he recanted his wish that everybody's wish that was like off of his wish. That would make (laughs) more sense to me of like by him recanting everybody's wishes undone. But in this case, they set the law early in the movie or midway through the first half of the second half of the third hour of the movie where they said two ways that this resolves. The stone is destroyed which seems to have happened by making Mando the stone, but whatever, we're going to go with it. He's the stone. Okay, fine. Um, the Destroy the stone, so that means you have to kill Maxwell, or every single person has to recant their wish. Every wish has to be recanted. And Wonder Woman, who is supposed to be all about truth and loyalty and shit like that, says, we got to find another way, telling us that she is neither willing to kill Maxwell, even though she kills villains, nor it which is not on brand nor is she willing to sacrifice steve which means everybody else needs to recant their wish but but her which makes her not her so they gave us a not wonder woman to be wonder woman so disappointing so yeah i mean i think i mean i think patty uh i think she's good um and she got some people to give some good performances i just don't think she's um, because the first movie, I think that, you know, it, it was good. It was, it was good starting off point. I, I don't, I didn't like the villain in that movie either, mm-hmm. but I think, I think she's good at making movies, but I don't think she knew she knows enough of that. You know what given, I mean? given what they've created with the Zack Snyder verse or whatever, I don't know who could make a good DC movie under those un, under that umbrella right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you separate from the from the Snyderverse and you have something like Birds of Prey or Shazam. Okay. Is there another one? Um I I I like Shazam. I don't yeah. care about Shazam, so I wasn't missing anything in right. in them putting it together. Um Birds of Prey, I fucking love that movie. Yeah. It didn't require the Snyderverse to exist, though. And so it it got to just play. And I think like if Patty Jenkins got a chance to do that, it probably would have been a lot better film. Yeah. I mean, there always are like these strings that like, no, 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 you can't do that part because then that, you know. And I think that that's what the Russo brothers were so good at Mm -hmm. is that they understood because people would ask them, okay, so what about this? We'll see in this movie, they did this yeah. and then we right. said this. And then, so therefore this all works. But yeah. I think when, when you, when you're working and they, they did do that justice league, the way that it was, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even if you are going back into the eighties, you have these weird strings that are like, you can't pull on these strings because these are going to, you know, I don't know why it needed to be the eighties. This was something that Brandon and Rashani and I were talking about. We don't know why it needed to be eighties, especially because <laughs> Now with this movie, she has the 
the invisible jet, which was something from Saturday morning cartoons. Um, she has the ability to fly, which is why comic people go, why does she need an invisible jet? Um, so she got both the invisible jet and the ability to fly in 1984, but does not have either of those things available in 2020 in, in 2016 or whatever yeah, yeah. the year of that movie was also she had the shield and the and the sword but she didn't have it in 84 where the fuck did they go that she she took it when she left the mascara she had it in bbs yeah down her booty crack remember yeah but not she doesn't have that thing um all right, so we'll wrap up and then we'll go on to Soul. Yeah. Um, but one thing, she gets the golden armor. The armor that fucking defended Astria against right. all mankind. So that the, was fucking it up. Within seconds. Bruh. This thing I, that was I, supposed I, to be like an internal armor. Right. It literally, when you did this, I was like, all right, I'm going to bring that. But this literally was my, I was about to ask you that. Like, if this shit is so impenetrable. Yeah. Powerful that there were dudes and dudes, like when they showed, yeah. And this is the history of that shit. And she was just like, bat. So is that meant to be an empowering statement to women of like a million dudes couldn't defeat this armor, but one bitch right. with some claws could do it in one swipe? <laughs> because a bitch with some claws, man, you can't be, <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, you don't want, you know. And to only yeah. get like a yeah. four minute scene with actual cheetah, it seems like such a disrespect. Yeah. Like yeah. the thing is, I love the villains because of what they do to the heroes, right? Like you, you need your villain to be that thing that brings the best out of your hero. What the fuck did they do? What did Cheetah do in that four minutes that brought out the best of Wonder Woman? Not a goddamn thing. Right. I just, it's, so disappointing yeah, yeah yeah and mind you i had fucking lowest shit expectations because of how much how bad wonder woman well, the, the first the one first was one. yeah and the funny thing is that uh, people are like it's enough years removed that people are just like no it was amazing and it was black panther for women i know that it had those feels and i don't want to take those feels away from from girls and women I know that Wonder Woman won, even though as a film was a bad movie, the feeling that it gave people was important. I needed them to keep building on that, though. Like, even though I disagreed with the first movie doesn't mean that I don't think it it merited that sensation that girls and women had from like No Man's Land scene or whatever the right. fuck, whatever it is that they liked. A woman hero. I'm glad that that existed for, for that purpose. But they needed to pay respect to that thing that was done in Wonder Woman 2 and continue to let her be for those girls and women that are empowered by her, a strong thing to look up to. That's what you want your heroes to do, especially for someone like Wonder Woman, because the, you know, we talk about it all the time. The difference between DC and Marvel is DC is gods on earth and Marvel is on earth. What if gods, what if regular people became gods, right? Right. So they, they tend to have a more moral code, a stronger moral code in, in, Mm -hmm. 
Marvel than DC does because DC can ultimate or DC a- as gods they can ultimately just be like ah fuck it it all reset itself in a in a thousand years and we can start over you know what I'm saying like they don't they don't need to care the way like a Captain America does because Captain America is a regular ass guy who just got granted powers so he knows what right. it's like to be the little guy right right um, they didn't do that they they basically just made Diana like a dick whipped woman who can't survive without the love of a man, which those are the women role models I had growing up, which is why I'm not like the women I had growing up. I didn't want to be like that, you know? So you can't give me a hero that is like that and have me respect her. Yeah. yeah. Just disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your, uh, out of, uh, 10 thumbs up, thumbs down, which you, I forgot how we did that. I don't remember how we, I think, <laughs> I think we did thumbs because we were e-blurred and, and little sis. Um, uh, but, uh, so if it's, if it's thumbs up or thumbs down straight, one or one, uh, two of the binary, I got to go thumbs down. If it's out of 10, I gave a point to, because Kristen Wiig's performance was really good and I liked her. Um, right. I gave a point to Mando's scenery chewing performance. Cause I, I thought he was, I thought he had fun with it. Um, and then the self-sacrifice scene was actually really emotional to me. I'm a sucker for a good self-sacrifice. And even mm-hmm. though I hate Chris Pine and um, I don't think it was necessary to bring him back for the sake of this movie, I, I did get teary eyed when he was doing the self-sacrifice conversation. So I gave it a two and a half. um, I mean, I I think I gave a point for, for the self-sacrifice, a point for Kristen and a half point for Mando, I think is how I. Right. I mean, I think I gave it like maybe like a six, six and a half um, because yes, Mando was good. Yeah, it was. Mando was good. Um, Kristen Wiggle was good. Um, you know, Gal Gadot is pretty, you know, uh, she's pretty, she's, you know, she's beautiful. Man, I just she, wish she was thicker though. Like I wish yeah, she was like, true, true, um, Brianna Tarth. I wanted her to be a big bitch. Yeah. But anyways, it's or like funny. Gina Carano, like, uh, wasn't yeah. it? Mondo, so. Yeah. I know you um, like her. Yeah, Did you um, notice that that little, t- that little mark on her mm-hmm. face and the thing is a, a is a tear. rebel symbol? No, yeah. it's a rebel symbol. I know. I was like, I always, I say the tear I thought mark, it was but a it tear. is a rebel. I thought it was a tear. And Doesn't like, even less. a guy say something about it? He's like, I see the tear, the tear mark thing, but. Yeah, I didn't put it together until way yeah. later. Um, but yeah, no, um, six and a half, because I mean, they, they, they had some great acting. There were like, if I look at it at a, as a, as an eighties movie, I can, and I think that like if you watch like Stranger Things and you're, and, you know, there's a lot of these things that you know you you kind of recognize and those things you know like that mall and the, oh you remember this and you know what I'm saying so that kind of got the nostalgia feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know Chris Pine was 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 cool and I did like that you know he was just like hey look I mean I think he's this. a good actor I just cannot stand him that's yeah, pretty much my yeah. thing. My, you know, so so I did give it a six and a half. I think it's, you know, it was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. I just had questions about like the suit. I had questions about a white dude from the 50s coming to the 80s and being cool. No, was, even earlier. I, the, the, um, yeah, like 40s, right? 30s and 40s. 30s yeah. and 40s coming to America where there was all these, you know, different colored people. 
and how he would react to that. You feel me? And and but I mean, obviously, he was a good person. So you had to look at it that way, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's that was just my question, I guess. Well, I mean, they were in D.C. with five black people, even though in the 80s, D.C. was black as fuck. So maybe he really didn't see that many black people. And maybe therefore they was in that hospital. We'll see. Maybe he was looking through the eyes of the dude. And that was I don't know. Maybe the, they had half moral code for each person in the brain. I and I don't know. So, yeah. I don't know. It was weird, though. Um, so there we go. Yeah. A two and a half and a, what'd you say, six or six and a half? Six and a half. <laughs> so um, out, of, out of a possible 20, you got a, what, eight and a half? It was nine. Nine. Yes. So I think that's hella generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. Then, then we will go over to the Disney Pixar movie with uh Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. Um and do not forget Felicia Rashad. Um named Soul. So we will get into that now. How did you did you like it? Or no, I I, I guess that's what we said to end. Yeah. Uh, bas- basically, I mean, between the two movies, obviously, I do think this one is a better movie. Um, I think it was sweet. I thought it looked good. You know, my mixed feelings that I have about it is the thing that we talk about with every black character in an animated, a major animated picture is that Mm -hmm. they spend most of the time not being black (laughs) you know either being an animal or being some other thing um in this particular case my benefit of the doubt type of thing is we're talking about a soul so for most of the movie he was the soul version of himself in terms of transformation that's not a that's not like an erasing that's not necessarily erasing blackness you know it's just like it is what it is it's it's fine um uh, but you know i also don't believe in soul so that's a thing too right (laughs) when he is a cat like that is an annoying thing that every black character has to end up transitioning into an animal or whatever but in Mm -hmm. terms of like the 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 story of that they presented that twist makes sense like you're expecting that twist to happen right um so i'm not like i even said it as they were falling i was like bruh he gonna go in the cat he's gonna go in the cat otherwise movie's over if not so like so in terms of like the movie that is presented everything that happened made sense (laughs) every reaction to every moment where you had a moral quandary made sense unlike Wonder Woman, <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. it makes sense. And it was mostly a sweet movie. Um, but I hear the people that are com- that are upset about the white woman in a black man's body for a period of time. And I also hear the conversations about in not showing a black character throughout the entire time. It's not as much as erasure so much as is that when we get to see black characters throughout the entire thing, we get to see ourselves you know, as, right. as black, as black folks, because white characters do get to be white characters throughout the movie, you know, usually. Mm-hmm. 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 And unless you're giving me a movie like, um, like Disney's Robin Hood, where everybody are foxes and rabbits and bears and shit like that. Right. You know, if they start out human and you turn them into an animal, 
I hear, I hear what people are saying. Like I, I get it because it seems to mostly happen with black characters. Right. Um, but you know, uh, spies in disguise where Will Smith is a pigeon. A pigeon. And, yeah, 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 um, like that, yeah. Even what princess and the frog, you know, right, like right. things like that. So I, I hear all of that. And I also agree with respect to most movies right. in this particular movie. It's, it's kind of hard for me to get all the way on that side though, because we're talking about like, they set up a universe that has a soul plane. <laughs> they go to that plane. The souls are there. It generally looks like him, even though it's a soul version, right, you know, exactly. yeah. stuff like that. Was, that. He so, was cute. He was a cute little soul. It was a cute little thing. Yeah. And Tina Fey, can you? Uh, I gotta. I have to confess something. You know, yeah. I have been a big Tina Fey fan forever. I have watched Thirty Rock incessantly. It's my depression get out. It's usually what I watch over and over and over again. But she's she herself has been so problematic over the last couple of years that it makes it hard for me to watch. I don't watch Thirty Rock anymore. Like things like that. Like I don't. I'm not protesting Thirty Rock. I just don't need it anymore. Like I used to need it. Right. I did not hear her voice. Tree had to look it up. We kept saying, like, who is that voice? We know that no. I couldn't place it until after he found after he found out, then I could hear it. Right. I didn't know it was her in the commercials. Okay. I didn't know it was her in the commercials until, you know, until they were like, you know, with you know, Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey. Then I was like, oh shit, that's her voice. And and then they do they do address it. And and they do address it in a sense that I feel as though it was more on why they they kind of why they um, why they hired her to be that voice and not in a sense where you know because you do hear a white like I, I hear a white woman because it's, and they had that little conversation yeah, in the beginning conversation, like why right? do you like, sound like a middle aged like white, white woman she's like people <laughs> find it annoying that joke landed that was yeah. a fun little joke. Because we, because we hear that voice, yeah, all the time. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, I liked, I liked actually how that, how that came, that came across. Even though she did, you know, a little boy, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was done well. I also um, liked that when, when it was her in his body, like in the barbershop scene or whatever, that you didn't hear her doing a black scent. That you just heard right. her doing her, and that yeah. everybody else was hearing Jamie's his, voice, but his voice. Yeah. but uh, but we were hearing her like that was that, correct. Yes. <laughs> like that was the only way that that was going to be okay because if if Tina had to like when because she, they, that, she I was like getting nervous, yeah. right? I, I was getting nervous because she's like, I can't go into your barber and pretend to be you, and like you know she she's already got to try to like get the physical posture and all that kind of going on so if she also has to pull a black scent it would have been like oh yeah not okay i think i mean listening to the stuff that she had done like the blackface on 30 rock like mm-hmm. back at, yeah oh i think she so probably blackface could, on 30 rock <laughs> like she probably could have would have done it um yeah. but yeah and i so i mean i read an article and it was it was about it says soul feels like pixar's first black movie made for white people in mind i so, kind of agree with that because I mean, and, and i and i read the article and i never thought of it in a sense that it was like they've tried to make it sound as though jamie fox's character because you know when he goes into when he and, and i'll tell you exactly why i kind of saw it but then kind of misses the point 
of the mm-hmm. whole movie mm-hmm. is that when he walks into the barbershop because he, he fucks up his hair, you know, he goes in to get his little fade going on and she opens up to the, you know, to the people and talk to them about other things. And then, you know, at the end, he's like, you know, man, like, why haven't you really, you know, why haven't we talked like this before? And he was like, well, you know, I, you know, I, 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 you know, we always talk about jazz or whatever. And he was like, well, I'm, you never asked me about my life. You know what I mean? And it kind of made, they, they try to make it like he wasn't very comfortable in his in his blackness when he yeah. went, before would go in there, but yeah. some white lady can go in there and talk. But mm. my think what my, my thought of that was, you know, we have our, we have our, I guess we have our, you know, when you go to certain places, you see certain people and you have mm-hmm. certain conversations, mm-hmm. right? right. And you, you know, you go to the, 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 the post office, and you say, how you doing? What's the weather like? Blah, blah, blah. Then you right. go, you never, you know, and I think that that was him when he was the cat, he was seen like mm-hmm. that's what ha- that's what his spark was. He was so focused on being this. My priority, right. my spark is was the jazz. This, yeah. Right. And so he thought that that was his purpose, not, you know, his spark or his purpose in life was yeah, just to be the sense. jazz person. So I think that when he, he was able to sit back and see his body talking to these people and having conversations and this and that and you know talking shit to Dabi Diggs which was the other dude um (laughs) and oh my goodness how did you like to hate like that they well that was a barbershop yeah black people looking like black people hair that felt good that scene felt good and honestly like I I see what you're saying I think if because he was so zero focused on jazz I mean look look at what it like even conversations about are you dating anybody I don't really got time for that I I got to do this you know he has this really wonderful heartwarming moment as he's teaching middle school band, which he doesn't particularly care to do, but he sees somebody being touched by the music. And that's a good moment, like that he should have some feelings about or whatever, but he's still more, a little bit more focused on his own relationship to jazz. So it makes sense that in the barbershop, that's all the fuck he's going to talk about. And he needs to be outside of his body in a matter of speaking. Cause honestly you could have easily made that same movie. And instead of having it voiced by Tina Fey, you have it voiced by Kerry Washington, right? right? right. And does that change the feel of that movie that much? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, because at the time that, like, short of putting that line in of why do you sound like a middle-aged white lady, you take that line out and you have a black woman voicing that character, then it really is about that guy and his individual journey to finding that there's more to life than this one thing or that this the one thing that you love is not your purpose i think probably more accurately right Mm -hmm. so it's that's what i'm saying like it's a little bit hard for me to go all the way to the you know it's one more place in which a white person is benefiting i do kind of see that that point though about like it does feel like a a movie about black people made for white people because at the end of the day they're they are still worried about white dollars you know they don't know how to plan for black dollars yeah yeah you know like i mean black black panther seems like a crazy phenomenon but it's only crazy because there's not that many other things going on right now up until up until then. But back in the 80s and the early 90s, that was a period of black as hell movies that were out all the time and that were always exceeding box office. Like, you know, they weren't blockbusters on the grand screen, but but they were they were 
going above and beyond their debt. They were paying off their debt, you know, and, and then some, so it's just that that started to drop off in the mid nineties. And that's why we stopped seeing so many black produced movies. Um, I really feel like I think this movie was sweet. I loved seeing that the hair looked like black hair. Right. That's why I, I I had to pause it sometimes. I was just like, it it looked, it looked good. Like they took, you can tell that they took time. I mean, obviously Kemp Powers, which is, um, he came in because I guess Doc, the guy, Doc, um, I forget the, the, the director, the other, the co-director, Doc, um, something he does, you know, he does all the other movies, um, pretty much all the Pixar's that he's, he's a part of, um, he, you know, you can tell, you can tell he came in and was like, you know, let's, you know, let's change the feel. Let's, you know what I mean? You could tell that he had a part of it. It's not some white people making a black movie. It was, you know, overall, you could see that there was some, some nuance to it. There were some black moments that I don't think white people would have been able to guesstimate on, like real right. subtle things, like the two black ladies that hang out Pete, in Pete his Doctor. mom's shop. Pete Doctor, okay. Yeah. Um, like the two black ladies that hang out in his mom's shop that was like, you you better get over here and give me a kiss or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, give some sugar specifically. Like that is a black mo- that is a black auntie a deaconess you know like that is somebody from from the black extended family that is not family which is not something that white people really do like white people may have and i'm talking about like in the monolithic terms like they may have like non-relatives that they consider family but we get told you better go kiss you know so and so like she's family and she's not family like that seemed like a very real thing that a black person had to have inserted there were there were a few moments like that um the like the expressions on the um what was the what was the musician the, the, drummer, dude? the drummer dude yeah he had some or, really good yeah, but the saxophone the woman playing yeah, the, saxophone, the woman. yeah she made a couple like eye movements and and like shoulder movements and stuff like that, that when was she was playing like, and when she noticed him like i could tell like when she was yeah. playing and then she was getting into it and then she kind of noticed like oh shit he's he's kind of good like she was like yeah mm-hmm. you know like something that you just yeah it had a it had a good feel in it i had it a was good feel exp- there was there was some things that I like we have definitely seen the movies that have black people in it that have made by white people. And, you know, it doesn't feel right when you're watching it. We have mm-hmm. definitely had those those movies. I I feel like this movie it I mean, I know it's an animated, but it it had some black ass moments in it. Just yeah. just day in the life black stuff i also like that all of the black characters were really like rich in their physical expression and their skin tones the skin tones looked really nice you know like um i mean most of the people were dark skinned but they had a couple of light-skinned people you know like it was a flip of what we're used to which is usually light skin more light skin than dark skin you know what i'm saying um but subtle things like the sneakers or the watches, you know, like little things that you just know, like no one had to draw attention to it, but you knew somebody black was like, oh, we wouldn't do it like that. We would do it like this. And that's what we always say. They got to have somebody that's on. They have to have somebody in production that Mm -hmm. is like, all right, I'm the realness producer. You feel me? Like I am executive on the realness 
to make sure this <laughs> shit is like realness. No, he wouldn't do that shit. Like, why so, would you make him jump over? You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I'm a member of a of a like a black production um, group or whatever, a social group, and um, a few of the people that are in that group had a part in this, either in animation mm-hmm. or in production or editing or whatever, um, and. In that specific group, most people are excited about this movie. It's it's a black as hell group. It's one of those groups that we don't tell people what we're called. We don't invite, <laughs> you know, like it's a it's a fight club. Don't talk about fight club. Are you guys ju- the you guys are the Midnight's Templar? <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> the darkest <laughs> Like you get invited by a trusted person, and once you're in, it's like don't talk about this thing yeah. unless the person that you're bringing can bring something. Um, so, like I've been in it for for a little over a year now, and um, and so some of the people that have worked on it were in there, and so for the most part, that group is in support of this thing. There are a few people that feel like it was kind of flat or that it didn't have soul even though the name is soul and stuff like that you know that's gonna be what it's gonna be some people are gonna you know it's just like there's people who are super excited about wonder woman and i'm over here going like how i get it like it's not for everybody but for the most part i feel like this was it was a sweet film i think if 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 the next time pixar has black characters they don't transition into other animals um Dope. Like a real, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's supposed they... to be some some real like there's the the movie with the the young Asian girl who it's kind of like a Moana esque type thing sounds like a Pixar um, one. Yeah, there's the new Pixar, and then there's Encante that's coming. Um, oh, you mean the one that has the snowball and they're yeah, the like... little she. Well, no, yeah, it's the one that has the little the little beetle that she drives, and then watch, I'll, uh, it's like dragon something. You have to send movie. me. You have to send me a link. Yeah, but um, oh, it's called Raya, the Last Dragon, <laughs> and the Last Dragon, R A Y A. So maybe Raya and the Last Dragon. But then, um, so I mean, they're 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 doing more films where they are not stuck in this white, you know, because Rapunzel's white as shit. Like if you just yeah. look at it. Ain't no people yeah. of color in Rapunzel. But I mean, that's Rapunzel. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, and that's. Uh, is that Pixar? I mean, we can take. Um, I think no. Maybe I don't. Um, yeah, we we can take fantasy or myths from uh, from people and add people of color into them or whatever. That mm-hmm. kind of shit can happen or whatever. Um, I mean, obviously Disney is going to be doing that by having a black Ariel coming up and and shit like that. You know, um, that kind of stuff can happen and it's fine. You don't have to like necessarily overly black. Little Mermaid, just because you put a black Little Mermaid in there, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't necessarily have to do that. Obviously, uh, we have that. You don't have to have Samuel Jackson be like, "Who the fuck is Eric?" Yeah, right. Like you know, you don't. You don't necessarily have to do that, but to insert in in stories where race doesn't matter, but the moral of the story does. I don't give a fuck what what race the character is. You know, um, Rapunzel can be whatever. Snow White, Snow White can be, I guess Snow White has to be white. Um, you know, Cinderella can be whatever, like Little Mermaid can be whatever, whatever, you know, Mulan right. has to be a Chinese woman, you know, um, right. stuff like that. Like there's certain things where, where their culture or their heritage is a big part of why they are white 
go ahead and leave them white. Mm-hmm. But if culture and heritage is not important, if, if their race isn't necessary and culture and heritage isn't important to the character itself, then I say diversify every fucking thing as far as I'm concerned. Yes. The, the thing, the only thing that's going on now is that it's a, is it a big deal that Pixar created a, a movie where the main character is a black man and um, the, the neighborhood and the, everything that is grounding that character is black. Yes. Does it suck that he spends a big portion of the movie not himself? Yeah, but that's what this yeah. particular movie was. But, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I mean, like, it, it was a part of that. It was a part of that, and it was a, it wasn't a plot point to erase his right. blackness. It was a plot point to show him outside of his body as a person. Look. And it because it, it, it showed them both. It, ha- yeah. it had to happen to show them both. Like, yes, you are living each day with this focal point on getting this spark, mm-hmm. and you have to understand. You have to live the day every day like it's the last, and you know, love everything that's around you. And then yeah. the other one is: look, you may not you, you may not think that you're ready to live. Because that's what it is. Like she's over all this time, and she just like I, I'm not ready to go down there because I don't know where my spark is. But then she realizes it's not she. It's not the spark that gives you that that last piece. It's are you Living. ready to to live? Yeah. And she realizes that. Look, they both realize that living is a gift. Yeah. Right. And getting there. Now that's going to open up those doors and then you find your spark and every right. day you may have a different spark and every day, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, and honestly, you- don't we eventually want movies? Like we've talked about this all the time. We want our trash movies too. Like we right. want movies that are dumb or irrelevant or, um, that's when we know we made even, it even problematic to a degree. Right. Like you right. want to be able to have those movies and they just brush aside. We want our mediocre things too, just like white people got, um, without it being a big deal that it's mediocre. You know, it's just like white people get to be mediocre and shit all the time. Let us have some where we get to be mediocre too. That is a eventual goal. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's what's going on with, with soul. I think soul is mostly a sweet movie, but because of the climate and everything that we've got going on, it might be a little ill-timed that they decided to grant a black movie where the black guy is absent for a portion of it. Um, right now but i still think that this movie is sweet whether it was made 10 years ago right now or 10 years from now um i think mostly mostly it is sweet i i do think that some i think some of it is a stretch to be saying it's super problematic because tina fey is the voice of the of the character i think this is not one of those things where like i feel like they were actively trying to make whiteness the focal point right right there are absolutely things that do that i don't feel like this was one of those but you know that's Mm -hmm. that's the feeling that i got from it um i didn't walk away angry like i do and you know i do i some pops up and i was just like and i always got to do that to the black character Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't have that sensation from right like i feel like it was in this in this regard yes that does happen and they do and you kind of, yeah, I mean, but in this in this way, it was a plot point to make sure that they understood she had to live that way because she you couldn't put her in that in that because then it would be like, OK, now she's a cat 
and he would have just been like, all right, fuck it. I got to go jazz. Yeah. You do don't even whatever. need to bring the cat with you. You have right. to put him in the cat. Right. Oh. So it had to, it had to, had to be that way. And I get it. You know, we don't want to see that, but in this, in this regard, I think it was done, you know, done, done well and done the way it needed to, to be. Um, I actually like now that we talk about it, I kind of want to watch it again just to, just I kinda to do be, too, yeah. yeah, just to be in the black spaces. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I, I mean, I think it's not much different than how we felt when we got out of um, into the spider verse. It's like, especially in particular, the scene from him leaving the house to him trying to get to school the very first time mm-hmm. he speaks Spanish to his mom. He's walking through dabbing up people as he's walking down the street. You know, his shoes are untied. Um, he's slapping his his tag sticker like there's black and brown people all the way down the street, which makes sense because it's Brooklyn. Oh, wait, no. Is he in the Bronx? No, it's Brooklyn. Um, yeah. You know, he's in Brooklyn and and that's what Brooklyn looked like before all the gentrifiers showed up. Like the neighborhood that he's walking around is the neighborhood that Miles Morales, a half black, half uh, Puerto Rican kid from the from Brooklyn would be walking around in that scene may seem really insignificant and may blow right past all white people but black and brown people or people from that environment would feel the realness of that and and because of that they're comfortable like it sets you up to be comfortable at the jump and you're just happy that they made it somewhat realistic despite it being an animated movie right so is it important that he's in Brooklyn? No. Is it important that he's that he's black and Puerto Rican to the story? No. But we got to see him the whole film and we got to see what seemed like a realistic life for a black Puerto Rican kid in Brooklyn. Right. Soul, I think, does that same exact thing. It's a realistic space for what a black guy living in New York who plays jazz Right. Would experience on a day to day basis. I mean, minus, you know, like Prettily's brutality and, you know, shit like that. It's a Pixar movie. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, like it was yeah. just sweet. I I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think I like the, the barbershop scene. For people that would be opposed to the movie because of Tina Fey's voicing a character, I feel would miss out on how lovely the barbershop scene was. Cause I mean, I would say the barbershop scene was tame because it's a Pixar movie, you know, they're Mm -hmm. clowning on each other way more than that shit or whatever, you know, stuff like that. But that's where that kind of stuff does. Like you, like you said, you talk about the things you talk about um, when you go to the barbershop and whatever you started talking to your barber about is kind of what you always talk to your yep. barber about. Yep. And for him, it was jazz until that day, you know? So, um, and yeah. I miss those, I miss those, those days. Look at my hand. I mean, I know I haven't talked. I mean, I'll be, te- be texting my, my dude though. Like I even help my dude, um, you know, like move into his space now. So like it was, it's on a different level in my, in my, uh, my uh, barbershop, but <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's a space and it, I, I really liked that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, now did it have enough jazz in it? Maybe not, but. Well, again, I think it was more of the journey, right? It's just jazz was I, the. The platform. Right, I, exactly. But I think that a lot of people thought it was like <clears throat> it was like Disney's ode 
to jazz. And so when you, when you, exactly. When you, when you set things up like that, then yes, if they don't have jazz mm-hmm. playing throughout the whole shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to give a, a, a shout out to Terry, to little Terry, the one that came, he was making sure that, you know who that is? That's fucking Moana's grandma, bro. The lady who voices Moana's grandma. Okay. Her name is something house. I forget. Um, But she's a New New Zealand, I think. She's a Maori. Yeah. um, Like uh, Boba Fett. Right. Um, And I love her Mm. just because. And and she voiced Terry. She, yeah. The one that, remember the one that has the, um, um, the one that has to like he does the the or he or she oh the oh, the one that was the going the accountant that, yeah. the abacus they yeah the abacus person okay. that, that they were yeah. oh that was the grandma's um, voice that's funny yes so um Cute. rachel house rachel house she's a new zealand actress voice actress and director so I I, yeah her. so she she is uh yeah she's grandma tala and moana and terry and pixar's soul and she, oh, oh I reckon I recognize I recognize yeah. her. And she's, she's on the uh, Lion Guard, which is like the continuation of um do you know the Lion Guard is? No. It's on Disney, it's on Disney Channel. It was a continuation of Simba and Nala actually. Oh, okay. Now Simba's the king, and his son actually in his son and daughter are like um they have these this group and he tries to have his like his roar like his like his dad, right? But mm-hmm. he didn't have his roar all the way, and he had to get a, a lion guard to guard the whole, you know, mm. uh, savannah. And and so he has like a he has a hippo. That's his homie. That he like he got all of these different people. Like he's like, bro, this the lion guard doesn't have to all be lions. You know what I'm saying? So he got a he got a cheetah, a girl who was a cheetah, and so she's fast and she does shit. Then there's a bird who flies above and can see. Nice. You know what I'm saying? His roar. Diversity. And he, yeah. And then he has a um a hippo that does stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it was like it was kind of cool. It's gotcha. just, yeah, I got kids. Well, I just looked at I looked her up <laughs> while you were talking to see who she is. And you know who she is, um, that I love her from is she's the right hand man to the guardian um to um in Thor Ragnarok to um the uh damn, why can't I think of Jeff Goldblum's character's name? Oh the, yeah! Oh yeah! I didn't. Oh, she's That's topaz. Her. Yes, topaz. She's topaz. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, she's funny as shit in that movie too, with her yeah. her little one-liners. She, she um, and she has a very distinct voice, and I didn't know it until I was reading, and then I was like, "Wait a second! Oh shit!" And you could tell what you know because she has that you know. You know what mixed dude is voice a voice in that um the guy that plays uh, Morris Moss in um. In IT crowd, he's 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 British, um, black oh, and um, with the hair. Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that dude. Plus, he looks exactly yeah. like all of my relatives. So yeah, I he I have a, a Richard Ayoade. Um, he's someone that I have I absolutely love. Um, also, I was kind of missing his voice at first, um, but then I was then she pointed out. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, because I Wasn't like to get he... lost in the characters. I I like unless it's like super super distinct. Mm-hmm. I let the character just exist until I figure. Right. You know, sometimes I, I need to know though. And yeah, I, so I and it's weird because I can't turn that shit off. Like I'm, you know, I'm like, 
watching TV, and then all, all of them like, "Hey, that's the uh, that's that Jane lady from the butcher college. She's doing fucking Kaiser Permanente now." Like, you know what I mean? like I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I noticed like, that like with your credit card commercials, right? Something. I'm like, damn, this dude is. I mean, it, you yeah. start. Th- I start thinking like, they got Julia yeah. Roberts money. <laughs> yeah, like damn, this dude. Um, wasn't wasn't that dude um, Richard Ayade is how do you say his last name? Ayade. Ayade. Uh, wasn't he on that movie with Vince Vaughn and mm-hmm. okay that okay yeah, yeah the, that was like him. Neighborhood Watch or something yeah yeah that was him yeah. he's dope he's got this like show that. called Travel Man where he reluctantly travels with a fellow celebrity for over a weekend to different um, locales really? and he's always too hot too tired too annoyed by people <laughs> um, clearly we've got to be related in terms of general British cur- curmudgeonness, curmudgeonness. And, uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows so much so that like I caught all the way up to like the last two seasons and the only way to get them was to pay for a new service. Um, so I had to do the free trials just so that I could mm-hmm. burn through those services. <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I love him. Watch it. Watch travel man. Cause it's dope. Wow, we'll look it up. All right. What, uh, what are we rating? What are we rating? So I am giving it pretty high. It is Pixar. It is Disney. It is my shit. It's in my wheelhouse. I give it a nine. Uh, I mean, there wasn't really much to, to yeah, go like, against it. There's not much to go against it except for like a little bit of social commentary. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be for a nine or nine. Like, honestly, it was very sweet. Like, it was what you expect out of a Pixar movie. It right. delivered on sweetness and a story with a journey. Yeah. And I mean, I think maybe the one against it was, I mean, uh, Rice liked it. Um, and, and so did beans and they really liked it. Um, but you know, I had a friend who said maybe it is a little too deep for younger kids, which you think Pixar movies are going to be, you know, like, but these are our modern day fables, right? This is how the kids kids, learn. And the kids, I mean, they weren't, it wasn't too deep when they were talking about it in, in, um, fuck, how did I forget that? Um, the, the movie inside out. Right when they're talking oh, about like, the, oh, you gotta watch that. You remember, I was, I'm anger. Everybody talks about this all the time, and they keep telling me I'm somebody, but I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I'll watch it. Yeah. So watch, yeah, watch that. Um, but um, you know, so I mean, Inside Out talked about like, you know, Depression, personality. Dep- you know what I mean? So it's like, and if you give these, if you give children ways to think about things outside of. Outside of a dragon, kill the dragon, and then go to the get this. You know what I mean? You start thinking about, and they can then visualize. They can then say how they're feeling, and 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 you know how on anger when the little blue guy, I'm feeling a little. You know what I mean? Like or you know inside out, like you know what I mean? So it's like stop, stop thinking for kids and let the kids think. Yeah, I right. Don't do it for them. I honestly feel like I got a lot of my sense of justice out of reading comics, which I read when I was a kid. I, I saw, I, I, who said that today? Uh, Method, so Man, I, Method Man. Yeah, Man he said, said he got his, his moral code, right? Like, I mean, honestly, like years ago, I was in a law office talking about something and the lawyer said to me, because you're a comic book person, that's why you feel this. That's why you feel like the injustice or whatever. It was mm-hmm. someone who was a stranger to me who knew who I had mentioned being right. into comics had just noticed, like, of course you have your sense of justice from, from that year. You, 
admire characters that, you know, are willing to do, uh, make the big sacrifices for the greater good and stuff like that. So like, I think kids, I don't think it's too deep. I think kids, they don't have to know every aspect of what is being done to get like the moral of the story. That's what those Aesop's fables are supposed to be about. That's what a lot of the nursery rhymes and shit that we grew up listening to, they were meant to just plant seeds so that later on, as you're growing up, you would start to develop these kind of, um, Exactly. You know, moral understandings and stuff like that. So I think I don't think it's too deep for kids. I think it's but also one of the magic things about Pixar is that they make movies for kids that adults can sit through without falling asleep. Right. It's a you know, it's a whole it's everybody experience. So I think that's um, uh, I think that's a good thing, you know. So. All right. Yeah, that's it for 2020. 2020 up out of here and um uh yeah let's go into 2021 you know with hope um hope not too much you know what i'm not saying not too much hope it's weird you know what i mean because it's just a fucking <laughs> it's just like saturday a plan <laughs> you know what i mean it's not like 2020 yeah, nothing, nothing changes abruptly on uh on right i saw there's a match.com commercial that's hilarious where it's it's Satan is is going on match.com and then he looks up <laughs> and then he go he goes he's like oh shit I got a match so he goes over there and he's like 2020 like it's her name and she goes you can call me 2020 and so it's like the devil and the 2020 <laughs> or you know what I mean oh, like no. Satan and they're dating and shit so she's like uh I met 2021 and she's you know she's just she's not into politics She's just like, okay, you know. So I'm like, I'm okay with a fucking regular ass year. Yeah, it can be bland. We can have bland. I don't think we're going to have bland. I mean, we still are at least six to nine months away from everybody Mm -hmm. having access to the vaccine. So, you know, a lot of the things that we're hoping happens next year may not happen quite on time. Um, You know, but um, um, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but we should probably try to change things up a little bit next year to to um I don't know, do the video thing or something to, to Yeah, we could do that. Growing. So you see all this? Yeah, look at them curls. I, know, I record them just in case I'm going to, but ca- because you usually end up dropping rice and beans real name, I end up um just doing an audio. Oh, yeah, instead. Would, yeah, exactly. Um, eventually, I mean, people are gonna find out, so we'll figure right. we'll figure right. out how to do it. We either got to do it live so that we don't have to edit, or and then it's just out there, or we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, we could do whatever you want to do, girl. Whatever you want to do. When I want you to get a scheduled time, and then I'll make sure that it, we we dare. So we dare. All right, yeah. sounds good. All right, girl. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. So. So. And then, hey, 2020, <laughs> you know, we're going to say the 2020, we're going to say it together. Say bye to 2020. So, mm, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy made me mash my M&M. Blurred Comics is a Maine Hustle Media podcast, co-hosted by Mixed Girl Maine and Blurred Vision, produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. If you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.
Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.